0: Ross, brought to you by SGPN's Big Game Squares Contest, $1,000 prize pool, and completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares to enter today. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network it is Tuesday January 31st last day of January here to break down the Tuesday schedule five game schedule here in the association tonight we'll recap what we also saw yesterday in the association but joining me helped me to break down everything going on in the association you guys know him as a voice of the of, I I'll say golf but tennis gambling podcast the WNBA gambling podcast the NFL gambling podcast of course here on the NBA gambling podcast Scott studio Rochelle Scott what's going on my man
1: Uh, Nothing much. Good to be back. Uh, I know yesterday, Terrell and I did pretty well. Ended up hitting the lock with the Warriors team total over. Unfortunately, my dog died on me. I had Thomas Bryant double-double, and he finished with nine rebounds, which sucks. But either way, uh, still nice to hit the lock. Uh, Golden State was not really that in doubt, but ended up having a nice fourth quarter just to make sure. Can't complain too much, though. Uh, I I thought Embiid would not play for Philly Mm -hmm. because they were so late on the injury news regarding him. And there was some line movement, you know, in favor of Orlando. Turns out it didn't matter because Orlando won anyway. So nice uh, for Orlando. But overall, I thought Terrell and I did pretty well breaking down the games and I hit the lock. So it could be worse. Wish that uh, Thomas Bryant didn't, you know, screw me over there for the lock and dog. But either way, I'll take the lock and we'll move forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, when Troy Brown Jr. gets 17 rebounds out of, nowhere um uh, well we can blame we could blame uh Troy Brown <laughs> Jr. for that for grabbing 17 last night uh, but also joining us you guys know the voice it's Delonte Smith what's going on my man how you doing bro uh
2: not bad man pretty good just trying to end the month uh strong uh had a good day yesterday in the NBA um except for well I guess in college uh I had Iowa State so if you if you watched that game or heard about it Yeah, you you already know. I live
1: live bet Texas Tech at the start of overtime.
2: I turned it off. I thought it was over. They they were up 24 with uh, like 10 minutes, 10 or 11 minutes to go. I thought it was was
1: 23 with 12 left. I think there we go.
2: But but whatever a good day in the NBA though. So I guess that's we're going to end the month strong and uh, try to give us some winners today.
0: Yeah. Last day in the association. Oh, sorry. Last uh, day of the month in January. Uh, for the association february is always a the the fun month in the uh, nba when you have the trade deadline coming up Mm -hmm. as well as all-star weekend so um yeah i mean we're getting ever so closer to crazy to say almost the playoffs but we still got a couple months till we get there so hopefully we can continue grinding out some winners here and breaking down the games as usual um yeah last night um I was watching the, the the Warriors and the Thunder game. That turned out to be a great second half. Uh, mm-hmm. Oklahoma City made a run in that second half um, in the fourth quarter as well. Shea's shots were actually falling for him in that second half. I know he, he was just having bad luck getting shots down in that first half, but he finished the game up with 31 points for the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. They fell a bit short um, to the Golden State Warriors, 128-120 winners there. Big night for Steph Curry. Uh, 38 points. He finished uh, shooting 12 of 20 from the floor, 8 of 14 from three-point land. Also uh, chipped in with 12 assists. Uh, As a team, uh, the Warriors last night, 37 assists uh, on 46 made baskets. Uh, Draymond Green also had nine rebounds and 12 assists. Um, And then uh, Scott touched on the Orlando Magic game there. There should be like a cutoff. It's kind of frustrating that if you want to bet on some of these teams that 30 minutes before the game, they need to be ruled in or out um, with, right. the, with, with a lot of these guys, right? And we saw Joel Embiid, I think, literally like the game time that he was going to be ruled in. And he had a pretty good night for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. He had 30 points, 11 rebounds, um, but they just fell short, kind of fell apart in that second half. Where the Orlando Magic outscore the six hundred sixty-seven to forty-seven, I believe. Um, and they get the 10 point uh 10 point victory there due to the Orlando Magic. Uh, let's start with you. Any other takeaways from last night as far as uh, NBA went? Uh, man, honestly, I thought that uh, it was a pretty good card last
2: night. Some pretty good games. Um yeah. at the Minnesota uh Sacramento game went to overtime. That was a pretty good game. Um who else? Uh, the Kings and not the Kings, the uh, the Hawks and uh, Trailblazers played a, a pretty good game. The Trailblazers were uh, in control of it for the most part, but uh, De- uh, DeJounte A. Murray came down and he was clutching the fourth quarter. Yeah. They had a bad sequence by DeAndre Hunter, leaving Simons wide open and then fouling Dane when they didn't have to foul. That was pretty rough, but I thought it was some good games. Luca had 50, uh, he had like 24 in the first quarter, chirping at the uh, assistant coach um for the Detroit Pistons um overall though I thought it was a pretty good night uh, I wa- I watched like you a lot of that Oklahoma City um Golden State game and if you notice in the first half they they were playing like really really aggressive defense and that's what yeah that's what I would expect to see um you know going into the latter part of the season when things are, are wrapped up so they they had a little bit of a letdown in the second half they thought they were you know thought OKC was going to fold, but they didn't uh, but that was a fun game to watch. I thought it was a, a lot of fun games uh, last night.
0: Yeah, the Portland game, um, Shante Murray scored 40 points, uh, obviously without Trey Young, who got ruled out, I believe with an ankle injury, and then uh, Dame, another big night for him, mm-hmm. 42 points last night <clears throat> on 10 of 21 shooting. Uh, him and Simon's combined to go 10 of 20 from three-point land, which they pretty much needed every single one of those three-pointers last night from those two guys. Uh, Scott, anything else from last night that stuck out to you?
1: Well, you mentioned the Warriors and Trailblazers game. I know that Terrell and I were a fan of laddering uh, Curry points. Didn't get the 40, but he still got the 35 yeah. uh, and beyond. Uh, I said straight up uh, that I was leaning Atlanta, but only if Trey Young played. He didn't. And then I basically just agreed with Terrell if you're going to take Portland, why not just parlay it with a little 40 plus points? Because mm-hmm. I said that they're not going to win unless a scores 40, and a yeah. scored 42 points. So. Overall, the laddering worked pretty well for the two guys that I liked yesterday. Besides that, we got to talk about Luka, who had another 50-piece in his first game back uh, from injury. Uh, Still kind of funny that he can drop 53, and they still can't cover a spread at home against Detroit. That's Mm -hmm. still kind of funny. But Luca at 53, you know, Luka doing Luka things, and I don't really have much more to say about that. You look at the actual box score, and Luka did everything by himself again. Yeah. I think only one other player on his team had double digits. Mm-hmm. I think. It, it was witty. pretty it was pretty rough. But yeah. Yeah, that's really the only other thing I got to at least mention is Luca was fantastic last night and they still couldn't cover again. So
0: yeah, yeah, I mean I w I wasn't shocked by okay, I saw okay, Luca put up a fifty piece, okay big whoop de doo. It's almost like we're used to seeing Luca dropping forty five plus a night or even even getting fifty, but at, at some point they're gonna have to get him some help. I mean, it's just, and I think that last night is a prime example of that we know he can go out any given night when he steps onto a floor and drop 50 points for the Dallas Mavericks. But what's going to happen if he has an off night and there's nobody else to step up for him? I think that if I, if you told a casual NBA fan that, Hey, Luke dropped 53 last night and they didn't cover the spread. I think that kind of, for me, that's been kind of setting off alarms that they need to get this guy some help. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that about getting him help or I don't know. I don't think this roster constructed right now is not gonna win an NBA title. Yeah,
2: I'm hoping they don't get him any help. So whenever he gets to the playoffs, I can bet my whole bankroll on them losing the first round. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs>
0: That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, so i without Christian Wood right now as well. I know he's with yeah. the injury. Yeah, he, he right. helps him a lot as far as stretching yeah. the
2: floor as well. Um they were I had them first quarter yesterday, uh minus three. Mm-hmm. They were up. Uh, 10, zero, 10 0 quick, really quick, and then proceeded to give up, I think, like 17 of the next 19 points to Detroit, to Detroit who they don't even want to win. And they're putting out like bottom tier lineups. Um, but they play hard at least. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dallas is just, I don't, what do you think they need? Like, I don't know if, like, Playing with Luca, it, it sounds good, but like whenever you're a player, you don't want to just sit in the corner. You want to kind of be involved. I mean, that's kind of what the offense is revolved around. So, I mean, I don't know, like, what
0: would you say they need? I mean, I guess another like wing player or I, I think a big. Yeah, I think they need another scorer. I mean, you can't rely on Luca. I know we've seen what Luca has been able to do in the playoffs every single year, but it just hasn't been enough, right? And mm-hmm. he has dealt with injuries as well. But and again, we know Luca's easy a top five player in this league. We, you Some can argue a top three, uh, depending on how they kind of rank people, But or the players. Um, but at, at a point, you kind of see some of the teams that do win or do win the championships, is that they have depth, right? They have guys that can score from different levels of the floor. And right now, for this Mavs team, it's been, over the past several seasons, in my eyes, that they've live and die by Luca or the three-point shot. And it's worked for them in some series, in some series it hasn't work for them i know they got to the western conference finals last year against the warriors but warriors were just a more talented and way better team than the mavericks were last season um i know they picked up christian wood in the offseason but i still feel like they need another star alongside luca if they want to be serious about winning a championship in dallas that's just kind of what i think i don't know if you have thoughts on that
2: yeah i mean i'm with you i just i just don't know like like who i don't know who's out there that they could get maybe um i would love to see them have like a wing Uh, like a two-way wing. I would love to see them get like Siakam or somebody like that. That would probably make them a little bit better defensively also. um, And can take away some of those Reggie Bullock minutes when, you know, he's not hitting a shot. Uh, But he's, I mean, he's a good defender. So that's why he's on the floor along with Dorian Finney-Smith. But I'd like to see some more scoring from the wing department. I mean, Jalen Green is given, not, is it Jalen Green? Josh Green. Josh Green. Yeah, Josh Green is giving them uh, some good minutes and he's, he plays well in spurts. But I mean, you know, he's not as consistent as you would like for somebody in, to, you know, contribute to a winning basketball team.
0: It's almost like they need like a Jalen Brunson type. I mean, is that though. <laughs> yeah, uh, just- Scott, any thoughts on maybe adding another piece or a star next to Luca? No,
1: you mentioned Brunson, and of course, you're know you joking because they just got rid of him. But the idea of what Brunson brought to that team is pretty simple. He was a scorer who can also create his own shot. And that sounds pretty simplistic, but if you really want to break down what Dallas doesn't have, you have Luka, you have a little bit of Dimwitty in there who is a little bit too confident at times with the shots that he takes, but still, (laughs) he can have some big games. Uh, You have Hardaway Jr., who... Doesn't really dribble that much, even though he probably could dribble a bit more. But they're extremely inconsistent. And then you have all the guys who only shoot. You have like Finney Smith. You have Reggie Bullock. They can't dribble. You know, The point is Brunson could at least attack in either pick and roll or isolation situations to give Lucas some possessions off or even just to help out the bench unit, just something. And that's what they're lacking. They don't have another guy who can create seriously just high quality looks without needing his teammates to pretty much set them up entirely and dimwitty can do that but that's one guy i I feel like they need another guy who can you know fill that void and that's why dallas was successful it was the combination of luca and brunson and even a little bit of dimwitty and each of them could attack off the dribble if they needed to late in shot clock situations, or even if they wanted to put one or two of them on the bench, the other guy could at least do enough to hold the zone until the other stars were ready to come back into the game. So for me, I think they need a score, but it's not just any score. They need a guy that can actually generate quality offense in isolation situations and who can really just... First of all, dribble. That's a good start if he can actually dribble the basketball. But second of all, if he can dribble himself into very good opportunities to score the basketball, it's pretty tough to think of who Dallas could even trade for a guy like that. But if you wanted, for example, I'm not going to say that they're going to trade him, but just, you know, for example, DeRozan. Throw some random guy out there who can actually just create and score in isolation. Now would Chicago give him up for cheap? No. Is he a realistic trade option for Dallas? Probably not. But you get my point. The point is somebody like that, who you can just go to at any point in a game and say, listen, I'm benching Luca for five minutes. I need 10 points. Just give me 10 points. That's it. And then we'll bring Luca back in and we'll figure it out. I think they need that type of guy. And right now, all they have is woody for that role. And to be honest, it's not good enough.
0: They could go to Kimball Walker, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think they tried that multiple times. That one didn't work out. Um, Cam pointing out he's a he's a resident Mavs fan. Uh, hot take on the Mavs. He just really thinks that uh, Luca's not a great leader. His teammates don't play well or as well uh, as they could because of him. Yeah, I, I, I think I've seen flashes where... leadership is is a question for him and just because luca is just so ball dominant right it's it's difficult for his teammates to play off of that it's like get ready to shoot like if you're standing in a corner get ready to shoot the ball because I, i might find you and and you'll be able to jack up the shot and and hopefully you make it but there's gonna have to be something that for this mavericks team that that's gonna have to change or something that's gonna have to be added next to luca in my opinion but um
1: I feel like you watch the same offense, though it it reminds me of Harden in Houston. Now Harden was yeah. a better passer than Luka, yeah. which is why Harden had some massive triple doubles and some crazy stat lines, and why he won MVP. But the argument that they're making in the you know chat box with Cameron and Insano, the main point is you have a lot of guys just standing there, yeah, and it's bored. Di- yeah, you get bored. It's bored pretty difficult bored. to play f- on a team when your offensive responsibility for forty minutes is to basically be PJ Tucker. That's not fun. Yeah. You're standing in the corner and, and you're waiting for Luca to maybe give you the ball. But I'm sure if you broke down percentage wise, like what percentage of the game or the offensive sets Luca has the ball in his hands, it's got to be north of what, like 70%? Like it's got to be painful to be his teammate if you're just going to stand there and do nothing the entire time.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else from last night? Zolanta, anything else? Uh, no, nah, man, I think pretty much he everything. All right, uh, let's get into this five-game schedule here tonight. Before we get into it, let me tell everyone about our presenting sponsor, and that is going to be WinBet. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there's tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, also known as WinBet's Build-Your-Own-Bet. The big game is here, and WinBet has you covered. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer, Bet 100 and get 100. Limited state availability and of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T offers up to change terms and condition that WinBet.com must be 20 years or older and present in a state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And also, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is giving away $1,000 in their Big Game Squares contest. It's completely free to enter. All you need to do is follow the Sports Gambling Podcast on Spotify and give them a rating. Then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares to enter for your chance to win a free Big Game Square. Again, all you have to do is is go to the Sports Gambling Podcast on Spotify, leave them a a five-star rating, and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares to enter for your chance to win a free big game square. All right, guys, let's get into the schedule here for the uh, January 31st games. Let's kick it off here with the Miami Heat in Cleveland here tonight. Um, It's going to be a 7 o'clock Eastern start. Looking at the opening lines for this game, this game, uh, line opened up in favor of the Cavs, minus four. That number's now bent up to minus four and a half. Uh, total opened up at 211 and a half. That number's been bent down to 211. Also see some 210 and a halves out there as well. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, pretty clean for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Kevin Love is probable tonight. He's been dealing with lower back spasms. For the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler and uh, Gabe Vincent are questionable here tonight. Duncan Robinson is going to be out for the Miami Heat. Um, Delonte, I want you to kick us off with this game between the Miami Heat visiting the Cleveland Cavaliers, currently sitting as a a four-and-a-half-point home favorite.
2: Yeah, I think um, it's pretty much Cleveland's spot. Uh, Jimmy Butler has that thought contusion. Um, I know you mentioned he was questionable. I'm probably just leaning on him not playing, Uh, but even if he does, I still like Cleveland in the spot. Um, Both teams are pretty similar as far as makeup and what they like to do um, offensively and defensively. They both start with good defense. They're both um, bottom five in points per game. Uh, They are top five in defensive rating, top three actually in defensive rating. Uh, They want to slow down the pace. Um, Miami has been struggling uh, as of late. They've started off playing some decent basketball, well, uh, in the middle of the season we're playing some decent basketball but they've you know went back to their struggles and that do that could be due to people being in and out of the lineup three 6 and one ats the last 10 um uh, they are better on the road ats than they are at home which is pretty crazy to me but that's still crazy. bad <laughs> yeah they're still bad but I think they're only like two games under 500 uh, ats on the road versus their home ats record is like horrible like horrible yeah but um yeah I think that Cleveland has a has a uh, a good spot here. Um, they defend well without Jimmy Butler. It's going to be a lot of, you know, Tyler hero, picking and rolls and uh dribble handoffs. So I think that Cleveland can combat that. Donovan Mitchell came back from that, um, from that groin injury. Uh, he didn't play as effective, but he was pretty efficient um, in his 20 minutes that he played. Uh, I think he had, I think he shot the ball pretty well. Seven of 11, if I'm not mistaken, uh, both teams mm-hmm. have been trending towards unders, which is what you would expect from, uh, two teams who dominantly play a lot of defense. Uh, so I'm leaning with the uh, the the Cavs. Uh, I think they're a little bit healthier. Um, both teams, uh, I mean, pretty much similar. Uh, I'm just banking on Jimmy Butler not playing. Even if he does, I still like the number. Maybe you get some value if he doesn't play. Uh, but give me the Cavs, land a four and a half.
0: Yeah, Cavs this season at home, um, they're 26 and 23 and 3 overall. But at home this season, they've just been uh, taking care of business, especially against the spread 17, 8, and 1 at home for the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, as as the home team and as a home favorite, 16, 8, and 1 against the spread uh, this season. And, you know, like Delonte mentioned there, Miami has just been atrocious against the spread um, with some amount of injury, injuries that they've had all season with guys being in the lineup 19 29 and three overall 10 13 and one against the spread on the road they are five and seven and one against the spread as uh, road underdogs this season uh, these two teams did actually match up earlier this season in uh, Cleveland where Cleveland won that game by 26 points 113 113 uh, 87 in that game Miami did not have Jimmy Butler their starting lineup was Caleb Martin Max Drews, uh, Nikola Jovic, uh, Kyle Lowry, and Bam Adebayo. So they didn't have Tyler Hero or Jimmy Butler in that game. They do have Tyler Hero tonight, but like I mentioned, Jimmy Butler is officially questionable here tonight uh, for the Miami Heat. Uh, Scott, what do you got for this game as far as the spread?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go with Cleveland in this one. I'll go with Cleveland first half and also Cleveland full game. I think Butler's not gonna play, if I had to guess. Miami's benched him a lot based on injury and the fact that he's questionable this early and his already line movement on Cleveland suggests to me that Butler's got a decent chance of not playing. Mm-hmm. But even if he does, Miami is just not good on the road anyway. You mentioned how they're technically better ETS on the road than at home. They're still not good overall. They have a losing record yeah. on the road. Cleveland's still a very solid home team. Mitchell came back last game. He wasn't that great, but the point is at least he's back in the lineup. So you basically have a full-strength Cleveland team against a potentially seriously shorthanded Miami team. Cleveland is very good at home. Miami's bad on the road. This line seems short to me. And if Butler's out, you don't really have many options. All you got is Hero. I think that Lowry's cooked, but that's a separate story. And has really not done a great job rebounding lately. And we've seen yeah. this from Adebayo before. This year he's been more consistent. He's averaging 10 rebounds a game. But you're looking at Adebayo the last couple of games here, and he's had less than uh, seven rebounds in each of the last two games. He's had less than 10 rebounds in three of the last four games with playing 35-plus minutes. And now he's facing off against Mobley and Jared Allen, I think Cleveland might just kill them on the glass. If Adebayo seems disinterested on the boards, Cleveland's going to dominate, and I, I think on the glass and it's going to be a serious problem for Miami. I'll take the dominant home team at home, laying a pretty short number against a potentially shorthanded opponent on the road.
0: Yeah, both these defense are, are you know, like Delonte mentioned, they're one of the better ones in the league. Um, paint defense, they're, those, these two teams are top three. Miami's number one as far as defending the paint, and Cleveland is number three as far as defending the paint, uh, points allowed. Um, the one, I think the area that Cleveland is better at right now is actually three-point shooting as a team, where they shoot 36% on the season, which ranks number 11, and Miami uh, is, is at 34%, which ranks number 27. Um but yeah, even if yeah, without Jimmy Butler here, I'm going with Cleveland here as well, minus four and a half. Um, Delon's already touched on the total. I like the under in this game as uh, as well. I mean, it's low for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, Talked about how both these teams are great defensively and they don't play at a very high pace. In fact, Cleveland dead last as far as pace and Miami number 28 on the season as far as pace goes. So um, expect a maybe like a 1990s type of feel here in this game yep. here tonight as far as the total. Scott, do you have any thoughts on the total?
1: I think I have to lean to the under uh, just because of the fact that Miami without Butler are not sold on the other offensive options that they potentially have. Cleveland, I think, could have a good game offensively, but with the pace and the fact that Cleveland, to be honest, might be up a decent amount, they might bench some guys late in this game if it gets one-sided. I'm going to lean under. I I just think that you're going to see a lack of overall pace, and it should be a bit physical based on how these teams play. So I think you'll probably see the referees maybe swallow their whistles a little bit. I mean, if Jimmy Butler's out, then that means that somebody's not going to the line thirty times in this game, which helps the under. So I'm going to lean <laughs> to the under, and I'm just going to hope that Cleveland potentially holds them less than a hundred, because I think that it's definitely possible in this game.
0: Uh, let's get into some player props here. If anything, Delonzo, uh, why don't you lead us off? If you have any player props in this game?
1: Uh, yeah,
2: I like Darius Garland over seven and a half assists at plus money. Uh, I've been riding it for for a while. He's had over seven. He's had over um seven and a half and seven of the last eight. Double digits and five of those. Uh, you know the Cavs are third in points per game off the pick and roll. Uh, they'll put the Heat in pick and rolls. Uh, I think Mobley and Bam will pretty much cancel each other out. Uh, they got similar games. Like Bam's better offensively, uh, of course, and maybe slightly better defensively. But I think they both cancel each other out. And at the rim, um, the Heat struggle defending the rim. Uh, they are number. Let's see what are they? They're number. They're number 20. No, that's 29th in three-point percentage. So uh off the pick and roll, kicking out to Donovan Mitchell. Uh they struggle defending the rim. Twenty-third in rim percentage defense. So uh Mobley and uh, Allen rolling to the rim could dominate. So I like Garland over seven and a half assists and um the Cavs defense they, it's really good. They do struggle, however, defending the three, they're allowing uh, effective three point percentage of fifty-five point three. So that leads me to Tyler Hero uh over threes that's two and a half right now um you could pretty much buy it up at three and get uh plus money or even money just about but those are the two that I like the most Garland over seven and a half assists at plus money and Tyler Hero over two
0: and a half threes uh Scott clear props
1: uh I'm gonna look at Jared Allen in this one which might be a little bit risky because we know that Adebayo is probably gonna be guarding him but they were on so many pick and rolls that I'm not sure if Adebayo is gonna stay with him for a decent amount yeah. of the offensive sets. But either way, 12.5 for Jared Allen is just way too low. To go through the last couple of games, he's had at least 13 points in each of the last four. He's had at least 13 points in eight of the last 10. I just think 12.5 is too low for a guy that should be on the court for 30-plus minutes and for a guy who could get his own either in offensive sets with Garland pick and rolls or even offensive rebounds if Adebayo decides to take the night off rebounding again. I just think 12-and-a-half is too low for a guy that plays that many minutes. I'm going to look at Jared Allen uh, over 12-and-a-half. 12-and-a-half seems really low.
0: Yeah, I'm just kind of going through the game log here for um, both Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Uh, Evan Mobley in four career games, including the last one, or sorry, earlier this season, he's recorded a double-double in three out of those four games against the Miami Heat. Um, currently seeing his double-double price at plus 190. Um, curious to see what his rebounds are at as well. Evan Mobley, eight and a half. So I'll probably play the double-double here tonight for uh, Evan Mobley. Like you mentioned there, Scott, that if Bam, again, doesn't decide to uh, rebound the basketball, I think there will be opportunities for second-chance points in this game for uh, the cleveland cavaliers with both evan mobley and jared allen in there uh going up against bam and if bam is matched up on jared allen i think there's opportunities for evan mobley to score the basketball here tonight as well so um i like evan mobley in this game here tonight he's at 13 and a half at minus 140 but i expect both jared allen and uh evan mobley to to be key contributors here tonight against this miami heat uh team uh anything else for this game guys
1: uh, I, I also like the Hero threes, but I'd, I'd probably wait to see for sure if Baller's going to be in or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, But if he's not, then I have to definitely look at Hero. Hero might get there anyway, but we've mm-hmm. seen how Miami operates whenever Baller's out of the lineup and the usage rate goes through the roof for Hero. So I like that play two or two and a half, but I'd probably wait to confirm if Baller's going to play or not.
2: Yeah, without um with Jimmy Butler, the offensive rating for um for the Miami Heat 115.8, without him 108.5. So they're going to be reliant a lot on the Tyler Hero bam pick and roll. And another thing, I thought Scott was going to bring it up, but uh a player prop Lowry under nine and a half points. He well, got he, us screwed, la-
1: he screwed you last. Yeah, yeah, time, yeah so he, he, he got me last day.
2: But eight of the last 12 he's went under uh including five of the last seven. Uh, he's not being aggressive, he's not getting to the line. He had a good fourth quarter. Uh, shot some free throws and hit a few threes, but with the with the Cavs defense and the guard play that they have, I think he will spend more time defensively uh, trying to you know somewhat limit a Mitchell and uh, Garland, than focusing on offense. So I think the ball will be more so in Tyler Hero's hands uh, rather than his. So I look at I look at under again. I mean it's it failed me once, but the you know the trends are are what they are as far as um, him not being aggressive and scoring.
0: Did you see what Garland's three point props is tonight? Uh, his number. Uh yeah, I can find that real I can find that real quick. Uh let me see. My screen just went. Garland down. Uh, is
1: two and a half and plus one thirty. Plus
0: one thirty five. Yeah, I I want to get there with, with Garland here tonight. He's he made four in the matchup earlier this season. He's made at least three and three out of the last four matchups against the Miami Heat as well. We talked about how Miami or Delante mentioned it. Uh, Miami doesn't defend the three point line. Neither of these team do actually uh, de- defend the three point line very well. Mm-hmm. He's had 24 more points in two other, or yeah, in two straight games against the Miami Heat. So I'll dig a little more into that and see if I want to get there with especially at a plus price. Yeah. All right, let's get over to the next game of the night, guys. It's going to be the LA Lakers against the, not the Heat. It's going to be the uh, Knicks here tonight. Let me just change that here. Against, real against quick. the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah, Lakers and um, uh, Knicks here tonight. Uh, First game on the TNT doubleheader here tonight. It's going to be a 7.30 Eastern start between these two teams. Uh, Lakers did play last night in Brooklyn, just taking the train over to now Madison Square Garden there. But uh, looking at the opening lines for this game, I am currently seeing... The Lakers, sorry, the Knicks open up as a one and a half point favorite. That number has pretty much stayed the course at minus one and a half right now. Total open up in this game at 237 and a half. That number's now been bet down to around 231 and two thirty-two. And of course, that's because of the injury report right now for the uh, LA Lakers. Last night, no LeBron. I know the news did come out in Marvin or Marvin, uh, uh, Darwin ham said, uh, that, uh, LeBron is dealing with significant soreness in his foot slash ankle. So we'll see if he plays here tonight. It is the garden. Um, Anthony Davis also sat out last night, uh, as injury management. We'll see if he goes here tonight in New York, uh, but pretty clean injury report for the Knicks as well. Only person that is going to be out. We know is Mitchell Robinson, who is dealing with the right thumb injury. Um, Scott, why don't you lead us off for this game here, the New York Knicks as a a one-and-a-half-point favorite hosting the L.A. Lakers?
1: I feel like i got to go with the Knicks just based on the injury report right now. I can't make a case for the Lakers if LeBron's dealing with significant soreness and there's a chance he doesn't play in this game. And Anthony Davis, you never know either because he's dealing with a stress injury or maybe it was a, a rest day, whatever. The point is that if the Lakers could be without either of them or both. I want nothing to do with the Lakers on a back-to-back. The Knicks aren't a great team, but they're good. They're fine. You know, at home, they have not been that amazing. But I do assume that they will be able to handle a potentially shorthanded Lakers team. And even if you end up seeing LeBron and AD on the court together, of course, they're better. It's not like that they're, they've are they been some invincible duo this year. I mean, the Lakers still don't have a great record in general. So, I'm gonna go with the Knicks. I think they'll find a way at home. But it's mostly just trying to fade the Lakers on a back to back with no guarantee that LeBron and Ash or Anthony Davis are playing. Until I have that certainty mm. that I that both of them are in the lineup. At this point, don't you have to take the Knicks? There's no value on the Lakers at all on the road if you don't know who's playing.
0: Yeah. Um Yeah, you're right. I think that I think LeBron ends up sitting i think we may see anthony davis here tonight just because i think they knew that they were in a back-to-back situation it's the significant
1: Um, soreness part of it where of course he's still trying to catch kareem he's going to catch kareem so i don't think it's that big of a deal you make an argument that he needs to play every game because you know they're still competing for a playoff spot and i don't even know how much the lakers are taking the playoff seriously to be honest with you based on how they handle the injury report half the time Mm -hmm. but I, I don't know. It, it just seems like LeBron, we know he's going to catch Kareem. It's it's going to happen at some point. It just depends on when. And I don't think the Lakers are going to force him to play through some serious soreness if he doesn't need to, because we've seen them bench LeBron for health reasons, a decent amount this season. So I don't think it's worth it. I think it's probably better off to let some of the, of the soreness potentially heal itself. And it's not going to help if he's on the court for 35 minutes. So, I don't think he's going to play in this game. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But one and a half seems very low when you don't know, exactly know the Lakers injury status for their superstars tonight.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I don't I don't think we'll see LeBron here tonight uh, for the uh, L.A. Lakers. Um, Lakers back-to-back situations this season, four and four against spread, but they are six and two to the over in back-to-back games. And again, probably have to dig a little more deeper to see if uh, LeBron was in those games or if he wasn't, but... Um, last night, they gave up 121 to the Brooklyn Nets in that first uh, first leg of a back-to-back here tonight. Events, uh, the Knicks. Um, I really didn't have much for this game just because of what Scott just mentioned there. We don't know about the injuries for the Lakers if both of their superstars sit here tonight or if one is able to go. So, Delonte, why don't you give your handicap and then we could play a scenario if ad plays where do we think the line moves but what do you think about this game right now as far as the knicks
2: yeah it's like hard to to handicap like you guys said with um with the injury designation to lebron and i mean my gut instinct tells me that they both play um i know that i know that they were saying you know lebron has significant soreness but i mean what it would be just added to i guess the lebron legacy if he goes out plays with a, a bum ankle and you know scores like 40 and that just it's just more it, it's just more like uh it, it's more praise for him i guess if he does that but that's just something if you if you know lebron you know he likes stuff like that so uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he plays and if, if he plays wills like, i'm not saying that he's not hurt but it could be a little bit exaggerated knowing lebron if you've seen his reaction to that not called foul and you know what i mean uh, that's where he probably got hurt yeah you yeah, probably <laughs> but um yeah i mean I think the Knicks at this number uh, might be a, a decent play, but I, I wouldn't play it. Um, I'm waiting for the news to come down to, that LeBron and AD both are going to play and I'll, I'll be on the Lakers. Uh, if not, I'll just stay away. Like you guys said, I mean, the Knicks two and three straight up and ATS, the last five, um, they, they have played four of the last five on the road. So, you know, returning back home uh, could be a little bit of a boost, but it is, you know, LeBron and AD in the garden. So, well, if they play, of course, but um, it's just hard to, to get a a read on, on either, either side, not knowing uh, if AD and LeBron are going to play. But one thing that's for sure is I like the over if they, even if they do or don't play, both teams are allowing 120 plus in three of their last five games and uh, they're not playing much defense at all. So even without those guys, I like the over, um, if those guys are ruled in, I'll be on the Lakers. If not, uh, I'll sit this one out.
0: Now, if, if let's assume that one of these two guys are in. What does his line move to a pick then? Or does you think the Lakers get favored? Let's say Anthony Davis gets ruled in.
2: If, if AD's in, I think he pretty much stays the same because he's still hobbled. And I don't know if they're going to, like, full strength. AD, of course, would move the line, maybe a point. But if LeBron and AD are both in, I would assume that it would, it would go to pick or Lakers, like, Minus one. That's that's just my
0: hunch. Um, yeah, but, I thought it would be like more Lakers minus two, maybe in minus three. Yeah. Um if so I don't think
1: good. it would move that much in my opinion. Just because the I mean, Lakers you, are still not a good basketball. Yeah. Team,
0: yeah, just I mean,
2: off of the strength of them not being one hundred percent. Now if they were one hundred percent and yeah, you know, it was just sense. it was just it was just a rest thing, then yeah, maybe like two, two and a half. But being that they're still banged up, I would say maybe one. Um uh, I mean, like Scott said, the Lakers they aren't very good, but I mean the Knicks aren't world beaters either. Um mm-hmm. they, they they've been playing well, you know, for stretches, but not on a consistent basis. Um I think the Lakers can dictate the tempo um and, and be, get out and run. I do, however, think that the Knicks will struggle defending the paint, especially if AD plays. So if a- if AD plays, I'm definitely like if him or LeBron plays, I'm in on, on the Lakers. I just need one of them it in. The I think they'll dominate the paint. Um second in points per game in the paint. Uh the Knicks don't do an extremely well job of defending the paint without Mitchell Robinson. Um, so, yeah, I mean, AD's in. All I need is one, really. If one is yeah. in, I'm all over the
0: Lakers. I do see player props listed for both guys here tonight. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. Anthony Davis Gay rules in. I think it's going to be a big AD night here tonight. I, I'm not sure who's going to be able to stay in front of him. You'll probably see Jericho Sims try to guard him, but he gets into foul trouble. Destroyed. And uh, Julius Randle, yeah, doesn't really play defense as as much as we think. So um, I would probably look at Anthony Davis props here tonight. Um, so let's get into some player props here. Or we didn't touch on the total. I'm sorry. All right, let me address T-Rock, and then we'll get into the total. Uh, he's asking, how do we feel about Nick's first quarter? Knicks are 17-7-1. At home against the spread and in the first quarter, uh, Lakers are 12-14 and 14 against spread on the road. Do uh, you guys have any thoughts on that, Scott?
1: Uh, I'm going to lean to the over. Uh, Delonte made a point before that both teams defensively have not exactly been great. Let's put it that way. I, I see points. Uh, I like the over in this one. Uh, for the first quarter, I feel like I kind of have to agree with the Knicks, or at least the Knicks' first half. We've seen the Lakers kind of dig themselves into holes, even with LeBron AD, and then they try to claw out of it in the third quarter, and they make kind of some runs here and there. Yeah. But I've seen them come out a little bit flat in a, a decent amount of these games, so I probably would potentially look at Knicks first quarter or first half against a hobbled Lakers team or a shorthanded Lakers team. Mm-hmm. But I do like the over in this game from a total perspective. I just think you'll see points.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, the Knicks have just been a cash cow in the first half. I think this was the case uh, not last season, but the season prior where we were just cashed on the first half mm-hmm. for the New York Knicks. And, and they've been consistent both at home and on the road, 19 and six at home and on the road. They're ni- uh, 17 and nine uh, against the spread in the first half. Um, if you want to you know, break that down a little further at home this season over the last 10 games, they're seven and three. So. Uh, it's been very consistent for the New York Knicks in the first quarter or first half, so I, I couldn't talk you off of that uh, play, uh, T-Rock. Um, yeah, I agree either. about Yeah, I, I agree about the over, what you mentioned there, Delonte. I think we do end up seeing points in this game as well. Um, and again, probably goes into the Scott's theory of uh, national televised games going over there, Scott.
1: Yeah, I do want to ask you, though, for research purposes, do you count sure. the NBA TV games as nationally televised games? No. i'm asking because those have split that's why i'm wondering so
2: yeah i guess because not everybody has access yeah Yeah, that's my
1: point
2: yeah 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 that's why i'm asking just yeah yeah no i'm I'm going off i don't i don't think so just just it's not readily available to everybody
0: yeah abc tnt and ESPN. i think those were the probably the the three that we want to classify as the national tv games um any player props for looking at this game delante why don't you lead us off with player props
2: uh, I, I was looking at Randall rebounds,
0: but I think it's 11 and a
2: half. Uh, mm. That's, that's kind of high. Um, I haven't seen 12 and a half. Dang. Oh, okay. So I looked at the overnight, it was 11 and a half. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Even though the Lakers are 26th in offensive rebound percentage, which means that Randall should clean up on the glass, especially if AD and LeBron are both out. But I think that number is a little bit too high. So I pivoted to Jalen Brunson over points and assists 30 and a half. Um, No uh, metric wise. He hasn't went over this number a lot, but he has a favorable matchup. The Lakers struggle against point guards. Uh, He'll have the ball in his hands a lot, of course. Um, And I think that if it's going to be a fast paced game, he's going to have to score. He's going to have to hit a few threes. He's also going to have to get some guys involved uh, whenever it's time for them. It's time for them to, you know, really put the game away if they're going to be in the lead late. So I like Jalen Brunson over uh, 30 and a half uh, point sentences.
0: Yeah, Randall's had back-to-back games against the Lakers where he's had 16 or more, or at least 16 rebounds in each of those games. Um, Obviously, everybody's going to be talking about the revenge narrative, but I don't know. I think that might be a little bit overblown at this point. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, he's had success against the Lakers. There's no question about that. Last four games, 34 points, 31 points, 20 points, and then 32 points, Um, especially without Mitchell Robinson in the lineup. I think those rebounds are definitely going to be up for grabs here tonight. Also, over the last 10 games, uh, the Lakers are dead last as far as opponent rebounding, so they give up about 48 rebounds per game. Um, so I, I couldn't talk you off of the Julius Randle rebound prop here tonight. Um, Scott, player props?
1: I'm a big fan of Davis props, if you can find rebounds, but unfortunately I don't really see much of that available right now. I see a nine but and, just, half. Yeah, see I'm nine with and you- a half. I see nine and a half. I'm yep. with you
2: on that, too. I just didn't want to say it because we don't Nine know. Nine and a half is
1: low. Nine and a half is low as hell. Like, like that That's kind of an auto play there. I, I don't yeah. know how I'm supposed to avoid that. Now, you can argue, well, if LeBron plays, he'll take some rebounds, and that's probably true, but he might not play. That number is very, very low. Like it, For Davis, who is going to have such a big role for this team, even looking at his games recently that he's played, he had 10 rebounds against Boston. He had 12 against San Antonio. He's been rebounding the ball well, even before injury. He's had, He's gone over this number quite regularly. So I just think this number is too low. And I think that with the Knicks using Sims who can't – he has no offensive skills, let's be real. I think that Davis is going to be sitting in the paint half the time. So I think that you're going to have a lot of opportunities. Nine and a half is very low. I guess I can understand it if they think that Davis might be limited in terms of minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure he's going to be. I just think nine and a half is way too low. I'm going to go with the over.
0: The so last game was Saturday, right against the um,
1: Celtics. Yeah, Boston
0: Celtics. So that went to Sunday overtime, off. but he played thirty-four
1: yeah. minutes. So the fact that he played thirty-four means he could most likely play thirty-plus in this game as yeah. well.
0: So yeah, I agree. I uh, I was looking at that as well uh, for him because I even his points. If you can go points and rebounds, or if you just want to go rebounds for Anthony Davis, we're gonna double double. Let me see what I can yeah. find. For yeah, double, I'm with doubles. you. On, I'm
2: with you on AD. If he plays, he should have a monster game, especially without LeBron.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see here player combo I see minus
1: 120 for double yeah, double.
0: same okay all right uh let's get over to the next game of the night it's going to be the la Clippers in Chicago here tonight to take on the Chicago Bulls uh looking at the opening lines for this game the Clippers opened up as a three-point favorite the number has pretty much the course at minus three um Chicago sorry the total opened up at 230. The number's been bet down to 226 uh, is pretty much a consensus number right now. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, start here with a road team, the L.A. Clippers. Uh, questionable tags for Robert Covington, Reggie Jackson, and Marcus uh, Morris Sr. Those three guys are questionable. John Wall is ruled out for this game, uh, and Kawhi Leonard and PG will play in this game here tonight against Chicago. For the Bulls, uh, pretty clean injury report. Um, Everybody looks like they're a go. Obviously, no Javante Green and Lonzo Ball for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Scott, why don't you lead us off with this game? Currently seeing the L.A. Clippers as a three-point road favorite against the Chicago Bulls.
1: I'm taking the Clippers. Uh, I feel like this is kind of a no-brainer play here. You're looking at the last game, and you go, oh, my God, the Clippers got killed. Then you realize, wait a second, of course they did because Kawhi and Paul George didn't play. So you toss the game right out the window, it doesn't mean anything because they were missing their two superstars. The Bulls are still not a good team. Uh, we've been, I've been talking about them blowing it up for about a month and a half, and they're still chugging along uh, being a below-average you know, basketball team. The Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George have been really good, and yeah. I feel like it's a very good spot for the Clippers to get back on track now that Paul George and Kawhi are going to play. Historically, Kawhi has been incredible against Chicago, and I think that he's in line for potentially a huge game here. But I do think at the end of the day, this number seems very short, fading a Chicago team that has really not been good, especially lately. And they're horrible late in games, and I just can't get over it. And when you have Kawhi and Paul George, you can go head-to-head against a team that's been underwhelming late in the fourth quarter of games. I like the Clippers. I just think that they're a good matchup, uh, or they're a horrible matchup for Chicago. I think this is a good matchup for the Clippers. Give me the Clippers, because with Paul George and Kawhi, I just think that they have the better duo and they have the better supporting cast. So I'm going to go with the Clippers. I think Chicago keeps it close. I'm not saying that this game's going to be a rout, but mm-hmm. based on form and based on the Clippers basically punting a game against Cleveland just to get Kwai and Paul George extra rest, mm-hmm. I think they come out swinging in this one. I'm going to go with the Clippers.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a, a matchup. Let's just say Alex Caruso, when he's coming off the bench, is going to be matched up on Paul George. That's just... Who's gonna at that point guard uh Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, DeMar DeRozan. But again, like you mentioned, Kawhi Leonard just had, had a lot of success against the Chicago Bulls. But overall in his last five games, um uh Kawhi Leonard's averaging right at thirty points. He's shooting sixty three point six percent from the floor, forty eight point three percent from three point land. Um, and he, he's just been I mean, he looks starting to look like Kawhi Leonard that we're used to seeing. So mm-hmm. um, you know, can't argue against that. And again, Paul George as well, right? Again, uh he, not the not the similar numbers, but he's still contributing where he can. Right, last five games averaging close to twenty four and a half points, uh, shooting forty three point eight percent from three point line and fifty five point six percent overall from the floor uh, for the uh, L.A. Clippers. So when he like you know Scott mentioned there that when both these guys are on the floor in Kawhi and Paul George, the Clippers just have success. And and again, there's no other way to put it. But Delante, what do you got for this game? Minus three for the Clippers against the uh, Bulls.
2: Yeah, I think it's way too short. Uh, I think it should be closer to like five. Um, both teams uh, have been playing uh, well defensively. Um, honestly, the Chicago Bulls have surprised me the most with how they play defense. Um, they have been uh, top five in the last three games as far as defensive efficiency. Um, they are returning home from a three-game road trip uh, where you know three of the last five have been on the road. Uh six and three eight, or six and four ATS the last ten. Um, they've allowed under 110 points in three of the last five games. Um, so defensively is is what I'm impressed by with Chicago. But the matchup, like Scott mentioned, is just not for them. Uh, PG and Kawhi should feast. Um, and, you know, the Clippers offensively, they haven't been as good metric-wise simply because they just haven't had Kawhi and PG in the lineup. When Kawhi and PG are on the floor together, they're outscoring opponents by almost 11 points per 100 possessions. So that just goes to show you the firepower that they have, and how well they play well, and how uh well they play together. Um, another thing that I like about the Clippers is the depth, and the Bulls don't have much depth to to throw out. Uh, so I think the Clippers come out, and I think they destroy uh Chicago here. Uh, I'm not even remotely close to to this number. Um, I guess an angle that you could look for with Chicago is first quarter. They are uh, the second best first quarter team in the nba they don't have a high cover margin in the first quarter uh just like plus point uh plus point nine mm. but in the last 10 the seven two and one and they're covering by uh, 4.3 points um, per quarter um, they've raised up to ninth in defensive rating but like i said matchup wise i don't think it's favorable to them in this matchup so give me the clippers land a short number
0: yeah, I mean, uh, I like the Clippers here too, here tonight. I know Chicago has been doing well against stellar competition this season where it was completely opposite last season where they were getting crushed by teams above five hundred or, or better competition. Um, but you know, this season they've done better. But again, this is I feel like the Clippers are, you know, they're they're clicking right now when both Paul George and Choir in the lineup and both those guys are playing well. So Um, And Scott mentioned it as well that when it comes down to the fourth quarter, I definitely trust Kawhi Leonard and Paul George more uh, when Zach Levine jacks up an ill advised three-point shot where it kind of costs them the game or possession. So I like the Clippers in this game. Um, Total in this game currently sitting at 226.5, currently over on win bet. Scott, any thoughts on the total? I'm really torn on this one Uh because
1: I'm not sure the Bulls can get many stops. And I know that you're looking at, Paul George and Kawhi, and I think they both could have big games. The problem is I do think the Clippers defensively are good enough to limit Levine or DeRozan or both, Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure how much the Bulls contribute because of it. I think I'm going to lean under, but I really don't feel great about it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, I was leaning towards the Clippers team total in this game to go over. Um, We've talked a lot about right now with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard being in the lineup. They're, they put up points, right? If you take a look at their last five games, um, they've scored 120 or more in four of those five games, or 130 or more in three out of those five games. Now, I know it hasn't been against good defenses. They put up 138 against the Spurs, 133 against the Lakers, and then 131 against the Spurs again, but... You know, when those two guys are on the floor, the offense is very, very efficient. Um, so that was one way I would look at a total in this game if I if I had to make a pick. Delonte, you have any thoughts on the total?
2: Yeah, I like the under. Um, I think that, you know, they're going to slow the game down. Um, the It's a little bit inflated to me simply because of what you just stated with uh, the Clippers putting up those big numbers against those terrible defenses. Now, the Bulls aren't terrible defensively, so I think they'll hang in there and be able to limit somewhat um, – Clippers offense. Now I don't think they'll limit them enough to be able to, you know, stay within the number, but the way they've been playing lately defensively, I think they can limit um what the Clippers do defensively. So I would lean to the under. Um the Bulls have been playing extremely, extremely well to the under. Um six out of the last ten have went under. Um and they've only allowed they've allowed under 110 points in three of the last five games. So I know that the Bull will uh, for your team total, but they haven't matched up with the Clippers. So yeah. uh, I'm with you on the, the Clippers team total. I just don't think the Bulls will be able to get there. Um, I look for, uh, you know, 110, 105 type of game, 110, 105, 110, 100 type of game.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get over to some player props in this game. Uh like to watch this off here. Any player props? Uh, I've seen in the um, in the comment section about the Paul uh Patrick Williams so but
2: I like oh, him yeah. <laughs> I like him uh his points and rebounds over 17 and a half he's been over in uh 3 of the last 4 he's been more aggressive offensively uh, early on in his career and in his season he wasn't as aggressive offensively um he's had double digit shot attempts in you know three in those three games that he's went over so it all coincides with if he's aggressive then he pretty much gets the results and um, they're probably going to have Zubak on Vucevic, and I don't know how effective he will be, but that leaves some room for Patrick Williams to come in and get a few rebounds. Um, Scott mentioned PG and Kawhi having a good matchup. I think they both have excellent matchups. I don't know. It's which, mostly
1: Kawhi based on just recent form and his historical numbers against Chicago, but yeah. I think Paul George had a decent matchup too, but it's mostly Kawhi if I had to yeah. pick between the two guys.
2: Yeah, I, and see, I would, pick, I would pick PG, not because of the, the trends, but I just think that he'll he'll be more prone to, to playing later in the games than Kawhi. I think if Kawhi, if they get up big, Kawhi is more prone to sit down. Whereas PG, he'll still get up and run. If it gets out of hand like 15, 16, uh, third quarter, they're probably going to sit Kawhi more than they would PG. That's just uh that's just something that, that I've just noticed. Um, but I do like Kawhi under four and a half assists at plus money. He's went under in nine of the last 11 games. Uh, just not looking to pass the ball as much. Uh, he pretty much he pretty much operates in that uh, free throw line extended, just getting up shots. Not going to be a lot of passing out uh, unless he's getting double teamed. Um, and they usually swing the ball. That that defender that catches his pass usually swings the ball, so that brings down his assists. So I'll take four and a half under four and a half assists on him, and give me PG over twenty four points. I'll take it. He's
0: went over sure. into two of the last three. All right, uh, Scott. Any player props?
1: Uh, I was tempted by Quai, but. I am a little bit concerned about blowout potential in this game. It really does feel a bit one-sided. I could see the Clippers running away with this thing. I think Zubok's fascinating because he he just can't stay out of foul trouble to save his life in half of these games. And you're trying to look at his numbers and how, you know, usually he's a pretty good rebounder and he occasionally has some offensive skills. I can't tell if Vucevic would actually force him into foul trouble or not because Vucevic is more of a finesse guy but he also Mm -hmm. will drag Zubak away from the paint. So I'm not sure if I actually like the matchup for Zubak or not. Maybe I'd look at Zubak's unders just because I do think he might end up in foul trouble in this game, especially if he has to deal with DeRozan and company, who's phenomenal at foul hunting. I could see Zubak getting into foul trouble pretty quickly in this game. So I maybe would consider maybe pivoting and taking an under with him. But Kawhi is going to be the main player prop that people like. I was also interested in it, but... I don't know. It, he's going over quite frequently, but it's just a matter of the Clippers either A, winning by margin, or B, just really having a balanced attack. And I'm not sure if Kawhi going to need to drop 30 in this game. I'm kind of torn on him personally.
0: Yeah, I was looking at Zubac as well. but um, You're looking at overs or unders? I was looking at his over on his rebounds. It's at 8.5, but I, I can see why it's at 8.5 um, tonight because he just hasn't had a lot of success against the Clippers' rebounding in the basketball. I know last game he had 9. But other than that has been pretty subpar for um, Ivan Zubach. And kind of take a look at the opponent rebounding numbers over the last 10 games. Chicago is number 26, but I feel like there's opportunities where Kawhi can get rebounds, and Paul George can get rebounds as well uh, for this Clippers team. So... For me, I, I really didn't come into player props. The only one I was concerned was Subak, but nothing was, you know, pointing me in the direction of going either over or under on his on his player prop here tonight for at least his rebounds. Uh, anything else for player props in this game, guys? Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. All right, let's keep it rolling here. Two games left on the schedule. Let's go over to the Charlotte Hornets in Milwaukee here tonight to take on the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, this opened up in favor of the uh, Milwaukee Bucks at minus eleven and a half. That number's been uh, bet down to minus eleven. Nothing significant. Uh, big movement on the total here, though. Opened up at two thirty-nine. That number's up to two forty-four uh, at most shops. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams. For the excuse me, for the Charlotte Hornets. Particularly an injury report, Uh, Cody Martin and Kelly Oubre Jr. continue to be out, but everybody else is a go in this game for the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis is probable here tonight, as well as uh, Champ is probable here tonight as well. Drew Holiday is in, along with Chris Middleton as well. Uh, Bobby Portis, we know, is going to be out for another uh, couple weeks here for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Excuse me, Delonte, why don't you leave us off with this game between the Bucks and the uh, Charlotte Hornets, where I think the last game is where the Hornets just came out and absolutely blitz the Milwaukee Bucks, especially in that first quarter where they gave up fifty-one points to the Milwaukee Bucks. Looking for some revenge tonight.
2: Yeah, and the uh, Charlotte Hornets have been playing; they play Milwaukee extremely tough, nine and three ATS the last twelve matchups. Um, and like you mentioned, they had that big first quarter and routed them um, by twenty plus. Uh, they didn't have Middleton uh, in that game, um, but Giannis had a very, very poor outing. I think he— had
1: nine points, right? Yeah,
2: I was about to say, scored under double digits. Um, yeah, and in the uh, in the previous matchup before that, um, the Bucks won uh, 105-96. They had no Giannis, Drew, or Middleton, and the Hornets didn't have Melo or Hayward. Uh, I agree with the total being bumped up because everybody's fully healthy. Um, and with those guys fully healthy, I think both teams are going to be able to, to score somewhat. Uh, the Bucks have been playing well. Uh 6-3-1 ATS. They've won three in a row. The 17-8 ATS at home. And uh Charlotte is more prone to covering on the road, 15-12, and one ATS on the road than they are at home. Um the Bucks have scored 135 plus points in three of the last five games. I don't see that changing. Um the play that I like the most in the game, like I would if I would play the spread, I would just lay it with with uh, Milwaukee. Um, but I'm not. I would go with the first quarter, uh, Bucks seven and three ATS in the first quarter. They're covering by almost nine points per first quarter. Uh, The Hornets are bottom five in first quarter ATS record, getting outscored by three points per uh, first quarter. Um, So I would play the first quarter there. As far as that, I mean it's pretty much all I got in the game. I, I I mean the Hornets, they are what they are. Not a good offensive or defensive team. They were a lot allowed them the three ball. Um, the Bucks defend the three pretty well, the third in defensive rating. Um, I would just lay it with the Bucks if I had to play it, but I don't, so I'll just uh, lay the first quarter three and a half um, is the number that
0: I got for that. All right, Scott, what do you got for this game?
1: Yeah, that's my favorite play. It's going to be Milwaukee first quarter, and I know that it sounds dangerous because thought. they literally just gave up 50 to the same team in the first quarter last meeting, but – That actually gives me more incentive to even take it. Milwaukee this season has been incredible in the first quarter, especially Mm -hmm. lately. So Milwaukee in the first quarter has a point differential of plus 2.4, which is the third best in the league. In the last three games alone, Milwaukee has a point differential in the first quarter of plus 10.7. Charlotte, on the other hand, is the third worst team in point differential in the first quarter at negative three. Last three games, negative nine. So even though Charlotte did well in the first quarter last time, Giannis might have been injured there because he ended up missing some time with the injury right after it. Mm-hmm. But Milwaukee's been great in the first quarter. Charlotte hasn't. And I do think after whatever that last head-to-head meeting was with Giannis and company, basically no-showing the game, yeah. there's a little bit of extra motivation for Milwaukee to kick the crap out of this team. Yep. And I think that since everything went wrong in the first quarter last meeting, Milwaukee just comes out and absolutely just lays it on him in the first 12 minutes. Give me a Milwaukee in the first quarter. I think they're probably up at least five after one. They might be up 10 after one. Giannis might have another game where he goes for 15 points in the first quarter, and they might just be dominating. For the full game, I don't want to take Milwaukee full game because, as you said before, Charlotte, for whatever reason, has given this team problems. And we saw it against Indiana where Milwaukee was up by 30 and they stopped caring and suddenly you're sweating out a spread in the final minute of the game when they were up 30 about an hour ago. So I'm not going to touch the full game spread, but I do like that first quarter number. Milwaukee's been really good in the first quarter lately, and after whatever happened in that blowout loss against the same team, I think there's a little extra incentive for Milwaukee to just come out firing, and I think they'll be able to do so.
0: Yeah, I, I like uh, Milwaukee as well, early and often in this game. Um, and again, everything that you just mentioned there as well, the coming off of an embarrassing loss against the um, Charlotte Hornets, where they, like I said, gave up 51 points uh, in that first quarter. So I expect him to play better here, or as a team, play better tonight. And you laid it all out there, Scott. I'm not going to re- repeat everything that about the first quarter numbers. I also did play... Um, excuse me, um, first quarter team total for the Milwaukee Bucks as well. 32 and a half in this game. Uh, they've just been coming out on fire again. I d- really don't see who's going to be able to contain Giannis, um, at all, all night. Um, and again, three point shooting has been there for as well. Grayson Allen has been shooting the ball. Uh, well, Drew holiday, uh, has been getting buckets as well. I know Chris Milton, I think they've been bringing him off the bench, but, um, this team is healthy and they're, they're, they're following on all settlers right now. So I think this is a team right now that you probably want to back. Uh, I'm not afraid of the big number here tonight. I would probably still lay it with the Milwaukee Bucks. I just come out and think that they just absolutely killed this team. Mm-hmm. Won't be surprised if they win by 15 plus here tonight uh, against this Charlotte Hornets team. Um, bit of a breaking news. LeBron is going to be playing here tonight for the L.A. Lakers. So there you go. Um, and let me see if they added a note for anthony davis or not but his um, foot is
1: sore something yeah you know. uh, i
0: think if That's it was yeah if it was in the garden he wouldn't be uh be playing here tonight but um yeah leBron in tonight all right uh let's get to the total in this game guys uh that number is currently a big number right now at 244. Dolante any thoughts on the total i mean i wanted to play the over at the open um but
2: like now it's I'm I'm kind of like in the in the mindset that Charlotte, I mean, they're the three the three ball reliant mostly for the offense, and I don't think Milwaukee's going to allow them to to come out and you know just rain threes on them. So I would versus the total, I would lean to the over, but I I wouldn't play it. I would just much rather play Milwaukee team total over one twenty seven yeah. and a half. They went over this number in five of the last seven. They play extremely well at home, and I think you brought up an interesting point about. Uh, Chris Middleton coming off the bench, I think that allows them more, basically more scoring power in that second unit when he's there. So that 100%. it just goes more into the first quarter play. Um, and why I like them in the first quarter, because, I mean, you got a guy that comes in off the bench. I mean, I know he's getting his legs back under him, but he still has been playing extremely well. Uh, his shot looks good. Um, he's just playing with the second unit to, you know, withstand some of those minutes and not play against the top, the uh, the top five guys on the other team as much cuz I don't think he's ready for you know that much intensity just yet but uh yeah I would lean to the over steal I, I wouldn't play it I would much rather play the team total of the bucks over 127 and a half just thinking that I mean defensively the bucks are are one of the best teams in the NBA and after what after what Charlotte did to them uh, in that first quarter, I think that's gonna bring some fire out of them and they're gonna lock down the Hornets, who's pretty much relying on a three. And if the three's not falling, they got no way, they got no other way to score. So give me the bucks team total over. Uh i lean to the to the over, but uh, I don't love it.
0: Uh, all right. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think there's going to be a spot where I probably take all three team totals to go over here tonight for the Bucks. First quarter, first half, and full game. Um, it. Can you parlay it? Ooh,
1: no. uh, uh, I, that's too correlated.
0: They won't. Yeah, they won't to I don't play. think they'll yeah. let you do that. Um, but yeah, again, we talked about Milwaukee's just, they, they're following on cylinders. And I think that's a great point about Chris Middleton as well. Um, their last game, I think, I forgot who they played because I was on them. Their um, first quarter team total, they scored like 38. And Pacers, I think, I think, right? Was it the Pacers? Yeah. Was it the Pacers?
1: I, I, think. I, th- I think so, yeah, because Crow yeah. uh, and I both had the Bucks first quarter as our lock, and you had the team total.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, it, it's it's the part that they had Middleton coming off the bench, so they're starting Grayson Allen and Covington together with uh, Brooke Lopez and then Drew Holiday, right? So that gives you I guess you could say four shooters around Giannis and Giannis can again get to the basket as well at will and just finish with some easy baskets inside of the paint or even get to the free throw line. Um Pelican's last game uh paces the game before that. Okay. Uh Scott, thoughts on the total?
1: I think I'm gonna lean under here. I wanna take the over, but I think it's too high at this point. I think Milwaukee's gonna play better defensively. I mean, looking at the head-to-head meetings, you have had some lower scoring games compared to what this total is. First game, of course, landed 247. A reminder that you saw Charlotte score 50-plus in the first quarter and Milwaukee benched the entire team. So I'm not exactly sure what to read into from that game. But the Mm -hmm. other meetings in the last couple of years, uh, uh, 201-236, 202-220. So So I've seen some low-scoring games between these teams. I just think that the numbers too inflated based on how the first meeting went. I think Charlotte offensively is going to struggle more obviously than what they did in the in the last meeting. I'm going to lean under. Uh, I mean, you got two elite rim protectors, right? You got like Giannis and Lopez, and you got Mason Plumlee. What more could you want? So I'm going to go with the under. Uh, just that was kind of a Mason Plumlee joke there for uh, for Manoff. but still, I'm going to go with the under. I just think this number is a little bit too high. I think Milwaukee once again after that. Defensive, whatever you want to call it against Charlotte last game out. Yeah. There's extra motivation to bring it on that end. And yeah. I think they will. So I'm gonna go with the under.
0: All right. Uh player props in this game, if anything, uh Delonte? Um yeah, uh, I like
2: Giannis points and rebounds. Uh 46 and a half. He's went over in, in three straight and uh, Scott you know, highlighted the problems of the Hornets at the rim. They should be playing Mark Williams a whole lot more. I think I said that like every time we covered a Hornets game, he's just more athletic, more uh, offensively. He's more offensively skilled than Plumlee. Plumlee is just a better facilitator um, at this point. And that's not taking anything away from Plumlee. Cause I think he's a decent player. I think a, a contender should actually try is to go. A good get year? Yeah. I think yeah. a contender yeah. should actually try to go and get basically Plumlee. Cause he can do some things for a contender, I think. Um, but, um. All that said, like Giannis points and rebounds, he should dominate the game. The only thing I'm worried about, like we all are, is just blowout potential and him sitting in the fourth quarter when they're up like 25-30. Um, on the uh on the Hornets side, I do like Terry Rozier over threes made two and a half. He's went over five of the last seven. He's also averaging 8.7 attempts per game in that span, so the volume is going to be there. And you know the Hornets, like I said, rely on the three ball a lot. Um, he's going to have to make them if they want to at least be um. I guess somewhat competitive, uh, competitive, but I think I like Rozier a lot. I think he can do some things for a contender. Also, uh, if the Hornets are looking to move with some of those guys, so it'd be interesting to see what they do going forward. So give me Terry Rozier over two and a half made threes and Giannis, uh, points and rebounds 46 and a half over.
0: All right. Uh, let's get to the last game of the night here, guys. It's going to be the new Orleans Pelicans taking on the Denver Nuggets in the mile high city. Uh, is this the second game of the uh doubleheader here tonight? I believe so. Uh let me double yes. check here. Yeah, for it TV, is. yes. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's start with the opening line here. That's gonna be in favor of the Denver Nuggets at minus eight. That number's now been bet down to minus seven. Do you see some minus six and a halfs out there as well. Uh looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Dyson Daniels will be out for this game. Zion Williamson, we know, is going to be out for the Pelicans as well. CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram are a full go here tonight for the Pelicans. For the Denver Nuggets, Jamal Murray is questionable here tonight with left knee injury management. Uh, So definitely keep an eye out for that. And Colin Gillespie is out here tonight with a right uh, lower leg fracture for the Denver Nuggets. Um, Scott, why don't you lead us off for this game uh, currently seeing a minus seven in favor of the Denver Nuggets hosting the new Orleans Pelicans. So
1: I can understand why money has come in on new Orleans. First of all, injury news. Cause Murray, it seems like it's probably not going to play if I had to guess, because they've been very cautious with his leg injury recently. Uh, they played recently in the smoothie King center and the nuggets won that game by one and Ingram wasn't playing in that game. So they just played and the game was close. However, I think I am going to lean to Denver in this one. They really let a golden opportunity to beat up on a pretty solid overall team slip to the fingertips last time out against Philly, where mm. they just no showed the second half. New Orleans has been horrible. They've lost eight straight. Makes sense. They have no offensive talent now. They do because Ingram's back. But I can't look past the fact this team is nine and sixteen on the road. They're just a horrible road team. And even with Ingram playing. They still lost to Milwaukee by 25, lost to Washington by 10, lost to Minnesota by nine. Those were home games against Mm -hmm. Washington and Minnesota. I think I'm going to lean to Denver. I know this team struggled a bit lately to win by margin or even just to win in general. But when you lose road games to Philly and Milwaukee, I'll give you a little bit of slack because those are two pretty solid overall NBA teams. Mm -hmm. I'm going with Denver here. I feel like most people are going to take New Orleans because the last meeting was close. But I can't look past these home road splits. Denver is still a very good home team, and they should be motivated after they probably should have beaten Philly, based on what we saw for two and a half quarters of that game. I think New Orleans isn't a good team, and they're waiting for Zion to come back. Zion really is the savior of that roster. And with him yeah. still being out, I really don't care about Ingram being back. Because so, Ingram doesn't guard anybody either, so that kind of just cancels out. But I'm going to go with Denver. I feel like Jogic is in line for another masterpiece, and you'll probably see Denver win by 10. But losing eight straight and being this bad on the road, I don't want to make a case for the Pelicans when you already missed a point and a half of value because the line's dropped. I'm going to go with Denver. I think they'll win this game comfortably.
0: Uh, Dante?
2: Yeah, I'm with you, um, Scott. Uh, I would just, if you know you like Denver, I would just wait and – until uh, Jamal Murray is officially ruled out, I don't think maybe he's
1: going So yeah, I yeah. I mean, really maybe you'll get a,
2: yeah, maybe you'll get a little bit more value if he's ruled out. Uh, maybe that's baked into the line and why it has uh, moved towards the Pelicans. Uh, not sure if it'll move again, but I would just wait and and just make sure that he's ruled out and see what the line does. Uh, I I like Denver a lot in this spot. Um, New Orleans three and seven ATS the last ten. They just can't manufacture any offense. Like I just, I mean, Brandon Ingram's back. I mean he. He's doing what he can. I think he was supposed to be on, like, somewhat of a minutes restriction. But, like, they just have to play him because they have nobody that can just score. And CJ is limited. He has to score and get guys involved. So, that's kind of taken away from some of the things that he wants to do uh, scoring-wise is putting a load on him. So, they've, they haven't they have scored um, 110 in five straight games. They have had under 105 in four of the last five. So, that just goes to show you they have no offense, no rhythm. Um, they're 10 and 15 ATS on the road. They struggle defending the rim, which Joker should have a field day. Uh, The thing that they do well that can combat with um, the Denver offense is they defend the three well, the first and effective three-point percentage um, defense. Um, I mean, in the last three games, they're 29th in offensive efficiency. So that just goes back to show you that they just don't have it offensively. And Denver is one of the better offenses in the league. Um, I think that they come out angry after what happened uh, in Philly, like you mentioned, Scott. And uh, I wouldn't be afraid to to lay it here. But like I said, just wait a little. Um, I don't think you're going to lose any value if Jamal Murray is, if he's ruled in. But I think you'll gain some if he's ruled out. Um, also look at the first quarter. Uh, Denver, best first quarter team in the NBA, yeah. covering by almost four points per first quarter. 16-9-1 um, in the first quarter at home, plus Plus five. Plus 4.85 uh cover margin so that's something to look at if you don't like if you don't want to play the full game is uh denver in the first quarter but yeah i like denver here um laying a short number
0: yeah i love denver in this first quarter i mean you mentioned it there uh delante the numbers just speak for themselves right they're 16 uh or let me see at home this season they are 16 Uh, 16, one. yeah um yeah 69-1 69-1 against the spread. I think they've been even better over the last 10 games. Let us see if I can pull that up. 7-3. and three, oh, yeah. um, And Pelicans, I know they did get Brandon Ingram back, but on the road over the last 10 games, 4-5-1 and one against the spreads. And again, um, we talked about, and Scott went through the schedule, right, that Pelicans, in the absence of Zion and B.I. were able to beat teams that are bottom of the barrel. Right. They beat Detroit. I think Rockets were in there. Um, the Magic, I think, were in there as well. So they, that was still like know,
1: three, four weeks ago. But yeah. Yes.
0: But even now, like, even with Brendan Ingram back, I think Delonte mentioned that they just haven't made it with generate gen- enough offense. And, you know, Scott, like you mentioned, it's really that they're missing Zion right now that really makes this team go. So, and again, BI is probably still getting his legs back under him since he missed close to what, two months uh, with the toe injury. Mm hmm in denver right now they're firing all Sindlers. I, I probably do expect jamal murray to sit here tonight because they have a game against the um the golden state warriors on thursday night well, good um, so yeah they we're probably game. saving him for that um mm-hmm. if not because i think golden state's gonna be on a back-to-back because they play wednesday and then they have uh they have one they have Wolves on wednesday and then they have the denver nuggets on thursday so oh,
1: another primetime game on a back-to-back where the so, golden so, state might bench half their team
0: no i think <laughs> they'll sit people for the wolves and then play the nuggets is what i'm thinking okay
1: i think i think that's i mean i,
0: I mean that's, just that, that would be the smart that. thing it's, to do right i think it's just depend- play sits because he only doesn't he doesn't play back i, would, I, I mean i've seen steph curry playing back-to-back games oh, yeah. where oh, it's yeah, mattered steph, right
1: yeah steph has been i'm gonna ask him. the who's who's the home team for that golden state game on thursday denver I, I think they're going to sit the Denver game, Okay, in my opinion. Uh,
2: that, that would be Steve. I mean, that's that's Steve Curry. You, you smar- yeah, so.
1: See, the thing is, you make an argument on what's smart and what's not. Of course, you know, on one hand, you want to see if you can go toe-to-toe with the one seed in the West. On the other hand, if you have a better chance of beating Minnesota and you mm-hmm. want to use the starters for one of the two games, then wouldn't you just be better off using them against Minnesota, who sucks, and then you could rest everyone against a team you might not beat anyway?
2: Yeah, competitive then, advantage. Tell Adam, hey, Adam Silver, pick up the phone. Let's Steve see. I'm just sit, saying, sit like, him if, him if you then. want to
1: talk about what's the smart move, technically yeah, yeah, I agree. using them against the worst team is the smarter yeah, yeah, move. I, I, I agree, just yeah. for entertainment purposes. And on on Saturday, Saturday night, they,
0: they have a prime time game against Dallas on ABC. If it was a so. home game, then
1: Golden State, I think, would use all yeah, the starters for that game. But in yeah, Denver, no. That's we good. saw last year, they took turns benching their starters against each other. I think it's going to be the same thing.
0: Yeah, you probably see them sit see on Thursday and then because Saturday night they have a primetime game against Dallas in their building uh, yeah. in, back in the Bay Area. So, yeah, that's a good point there, Scott. Um, uh, quickly on the total here, Scott, do you have anything for the total?
1: Uh, well, the last meeting didn't even get to 200, but now you have Ingram in and uh, I think it's a completely different animal. So I'm not going to blindly take the under because of what happened in the last meeting. Having said that, 231.5 does seem very high. So I am going to take the under. The first two meetings have landed below 228, Mm -hmm. but I just think this number's too high. I think you can make a case that Denver can do well offensively. I'm not sure New Orleans can, or maybe New Orleans defensively figures something out if Murray, uh, of course, sits and maybe the back point guards don't exactly look sharp off ball with their cuts. But I'm going to go with the under. This number just seems a little bit high to me. 231 and a half seems very large. I'm going to go with an under. I think this game probably gets into the low 220s.
0: Yeah. Okay. Don't so say thoughts on the total.
2: Yeah, I, I like the under. Um, Denver is explosive um, offensively, but lately they've been playing towards the under. Um, a- actually, in the first quarter, they're definitely 57 per- uh, plus percent of their games in the first quarter have went under. Um, that's their top five in, in that metric. Uh, as far as full game um, on the road, uh, well, I'm sorry. As a favorite, um, they're under 500. Uh, as far as like uh, over to under, so they play more so to the under. 16 of their 26 home games have went under the closing total. So that's something to monitor. And like we mentioned, the the New Orleans offense, it's just it just isn't there um, right now. Until so they get Zion back and they get more into a flow back like they were at the beginning of the season, I think they're going to play towards um, under. Uh, so yeah, give me the under in this game. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if either team gets to again. I mean, you know, the Nuggets could come out and I'm assuming you know, we're going to
1: get to at least 110 at home. If I had to guess, but.
2: yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe. I, I guess you, I guess you could say that. I guess you could say that. Yeah, so I guess we'll be 110 96 ish uh, would be my would be my guess.
0: All right. Uh, let's get into some player props here for tonight. Uh, Scott, you have anything for player props? I mean, isn't this
1: player prop section pretty much just whether or not Jokic gets a triple-double or not? Uh, yeah, I feel like that's a good place to start.
0: Fox score, because if or against the Pelicans at least, because he's had one, two, three, four. Four of the last six games he's had a triple-double, and those two games where he fell short, it was only by one assist.
2: He had 25, 11, and 10 in the last matchup.
0: Yeah, It's just so damn
1: good. Uh, yeah, so I think like that's a good place to start. I think he will have a triple-double. I don't maybe mind points because with Jamal Murray being out, you're assuming Jogic is going to shoot more. Yep. Uh, so if you want to pivot, you can take that. I like Ingram over in points. It's just about shot volume for me. He's only played two games. He's coming back from injury, and he's taken 18-plus shots in each of those games. The volume should be there for Ingram, and I'm not sure Denver can actually stay in front of him. Who's going to guard him? Michael Porter Jr.? <laughs> that's that's a complete waste of time. So we I'll go with Ingram over. Yeah, somebody's going to have to try to guard him, and based on the length, I'm assuming it would be uh, Michael Porter Jr., and that's basically a traffic cone. So I'll go with the over on Ingram. I think he's in line for a good game
0: today. want uh, any player props? Yeah, I'm with you on Ingram. Uh, I got
2: over 21 points, a uh, good matchup for him. Uh, like like you said, went off. He was getting his legs back under him. Yeah, mm-hmm. sheer volume alone. Like he was, he wasn't supposed to play uh, as much as he's been playing. But I mean, they just have to play him if they want to be competitive and actually put up some points. So oh, yeah, yeah I, I like him a lot. Uh, over twenty one. We mentioned the Joker. I know uh, Jose asked about his assists. I got something a little bit better. Let's go points, rebounds, and assists over forty seven. Um, he's been over this in five of the last eight. He's had triple doubles in six of the last eight. Pelicans can't defend the rim. They're 30th in rim percentage defense. He should have a field day. Uh, and when they come and double him, he'll dump it off to Aaron Gordon, Alley's uh, outside to KCP and some of those shooters. So i like the matchup up for uh, Joker, over 47 um, points, rebounds, and
0: assists. Yeah, I was going to go Joker, rebounds, and assists uh, assist here tonight, 21 and a half at even money. I think that, again, if we think that he's going to get a triple-double, like he pretty much has been against Pelicans team, right. mm-hmm. that number should cl- clear for him tonight. Again, uh, his rebounding should be there as well uh, for him tonight uh, in this game. Um, anything else for this game, guys? Uh, nope.
1: I don't think I have anything else. No. All right,
0: let's get into our lock and dog for the schedule here tonight. Uh, Delante, why don't you lead us off, my man?
2: All right, man. For the lock, I'm going to go with um, the Bucks first quarter. Um, I think we all went over it. We all liked it. Uh, seven and three ATS in the first quarter, uh plus eight point five cover margin in that in that span. The Hornets are bottom five team ATS in the first quarter, getting outscored by um just over three points um in the first quarter. I think the Bucks come out with a purpose. Uh they want to get some rest, get those guys in, blow out potential, and um they come out with a, I yeah, I guess 22. Uh, would be my prediction for the score. Uh, as far as the lock, can I still get the Lakers at a plus price, even though LeBron got ruled in? I didn't I am not see I'm seeing like even money. Uh,
0: I see plus one and a half is still out yeah. there.
2: Yeah okay. let me let me get LeBron in the garden uh getting up getting a point and a half. Um, I, I was gonna read off some of his some of his numbers uh against New York but we you know we didn't get that news until later. But uh as He's, so basically, he's his points, rebounds, and assists is 41 and a half. Uh, this is just another angle to look at. He is over in that 10 of the last 12. He's averaging 43 points, rebounds, and assists versus the Knicks in his career as a Laker. So bum ankle or not, uh, we'll see how, how bum it is. But I think he puts on a show tonight in the garden. Uh, so give me the Lakers and uh, also take a look at that points, rebounds, and assists for LeBron.
0: All right. Uh, Scott, what do you got?
1: All right, uh, so I'm going to also lock up the Bucks first quarter at minus four. Quarter plays have done well for me. Uh, usually it's involving fading Indiana, which is basically free money every time you take it. But I'm going to go with Milwaukee first quarter. They've been so good in the first quarter, and they're looking at Charlotte. They have not. And after what happened in the first quarter, these te- uh, last time these teams got together, I think Milwaukee has extra incentive to run it up on them early. Give me Milwaukee first quarter. If you want to pivot off of that, you could take Giannis' first quarter points at eight and a half. I think he might be in line to go over his full game total in the last meeting in the first 12 minutes. I think Giannis might have a huge game there. But game of the Bucks first quarter, I like that play. And for my uh, dog, I'm actually going to go with a parlay here. I'm going to go sure. with the Cavaliers and the Clippers' money lines, and that pays out at roughly plus 160. I like both those teams there. I think it's a good spot. You could take an alt one, but I'm not going to bother because the Clippers, I think they should win by margin. But Chicago plays up the competition. I'd feel better at the money line. And I think the Cavs at home should look pretty sharp here. So I'll go with the two pick money line parlay as my dog at plus one sixty.
0: All right. Um,
2: just all so right, uh, before you go, one with, off, just yeah. just so, you know, me and Scott don't have the same one. We can just I, I, I'll give out another one. Just stick. I'll lay the points with the Cavs. Just if anybody else um, agrees with that, just later points for the Cavs. Think it's a good spot. Uh, Jimmy is, I'm I'm leaning towards him. I'm thinking he he's leaning towards not playing, so you will get some value on that number. I would just go bet it right now, uh, laying the short number. Cleveland, good defensive team. Um, Miami struggles on the road, as we brought up earlier on in, in in the podcast. So, I think that Cleveland is a good spot here. Good chance to to come out and, and route Miami at, at home, where they're pretty much. Uh, unbeatable at home, um, but yeah, give me the Cavs uh, minus four too. Also, all
0: right, um, all right. For my lock, I agree about what you guys said about the first quarter for the Bucks, but I'm also going to take their team total over 32 and a half uh, in that first quarter for the Milwaukee Bucks. Also, we'll give out the Clippers minus three here tonight uh, as my lock as well. So two locks there. Um, you know, we talked about when PG and Kawhi are both in the lineup. Uh, this team just wins games, and they do it by margin as well, right? I know Chicago has been playing up to competition uh, this season, but I just feel like when it comes down to that clutch time, I trust Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard more and, the, and Ty Lue more um, when it gets down to that clutch time. But I also do see the possibility of this being a blowout as well. Um, you know, Clippers, when healthy, you know, they have one of the deepest rosters in the association. Norman Powell has been playing well for them off the bench um, I know John Wall's missing this game, but Reggie Jackson, um, he's actually had great to six against his Bulls team for whatever reason. Um, and I think that you know, Zuba should be able to at least provide some type of rim protection here tonight for the Clippers as well. So I, at a short number of minus three, I'll take the Clippers as um, as another lock here tonight. Uh, for my dog, I'll go with a player prop here tonight. Give me Evan Mobley's double-double. I really like that play at plus 190. Uh, three of the four games against the Miami Heat, he's had a double-double. And if it is Bam out of bio matched up on Jared Allen, I do think that Evan Mobley should be able to get points here tonight. Again, just asking him to get 10 rebounds where he's done it in three out of the last four games against the Miami Heat is in a tall order for him. So at plus 190, I do like the value there for Evan Mobley to uh, get a double-double as my dog of the night. All right, gentlemen, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. I did need to... uh, take care of one thing we did get a review in and i said uh, of all the reviews that we are going to get um i would shout them out on the pod this comes from Jay willie 69 not sure if this was andrew rob's friend uh td king in the in the discord channel but he said he left us a review he left his five-star review. He said, great pod. Listen to these guys on the way home uh, from work every single day. Love their knowledge of the game, their analytics, and obviously their picks every day. This paired with PropCast, go uh, win yourself some moolah. Keep up the great work, gents. I appreciate you, man. Uh, definitely, if you haven't already, leave us a rating and review. Um, also on Spotify, if you haven't, if you listen to uh, us on Spotify, leave us a uh, five-star rating. It really helps us grow the show. Um, for the NBA gambling podcast. Uh, Scott, anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here, my man?
1: Not really. You can find me on Twitter, Show Radio. Besides that, of course, doing this show. Not sure what the NFL schedule is because I know that this is the Pro Bowl weekend. Shout out to Tyler Huntley, by the way, a well-deserved uh, Pro Bowl <laughs> appearance. But yeah, I'm not exactly sure what the what, uh, what point what, is.
2: What the what hell is we, going on, man? What the hell is going on? Was he the right. fourth
1: alternate? Who uh, and he ended up getting in? I just saw Derek else got hurt. Carr
0: got put in too. i It's man.
1: the last time he's going to put on a Raider uniform if they even put on their team uniforms for that. So Damn. either way, point is, I don't think we're I don't think I have an NFL episode this week. so you can find uh, me We're there. still
0: playing with the schedule, like you said, because yeah. it is Pro Bowl week. We'll figure I it saying, out. We'll, but... we'll
1: figure it out. But yeah. tennis, I'm taking a break this week. Uh, there are a couple of men's swarming starting up next week, so you can find me there as well. But you can find me on Twitter, Red Show
0: Radio. All right. say anything else, my man? Nothing, man. Just hopefully we can uh, end
2: the month off strong and give out a lot of winners.
0: Yeah, make sure to follow uh, Delonte on Twitter at xx. Make sure to follow the NBA Gambling Podcast Twitter account at SGPNNBA. If you haven't already, hit the like button on the live stream here. And again, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, We'll be back uh, tomorrow with myself and Terrell to take care or sorry to handicap. Wednesday games in the association till then. Good luck with your picks here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride.